Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Sark. Sark is also known as Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. The name was given to her by the author Henry Miller in the early 1980s, soon after her personal notes became books, art, programs, and everything Sarkian. Throughout the course of Sark's life and career as an international expert in personal well-being and transformation, her name has become synonymous with transformation, color, healing, movement, and fun. Sark sees herself as a transformer, an uplifter, and a laser beam of love. She invites you to play and connect with her, letting gladness expand into your heart and touch that place deep inside of you, your inner wise self that already knows everything you'll ever need in this world is within you. Sark offers all she does to provide a powerful, grounded, and practical approach to feeling glad more often, transforming what hurts into what helps, and living a life of joyful, creative expression no matter what. Welcome, Sark. I'm so delighted to have you here on the podcast. Oh, Ursula, it's a, it's such a joy. I love your energy. <laughs> well, I love yours. I, this is great enthusiasm to start a conversation with. So what drew you to create the business that you have? You, you're, you've worked in this realm for quite a while. You're an author and a speaker and um, work with people. How did that all evolve for you? Yeah, let's let's let people know that um, I'm an author, an artist, a speaker. I've been in business for almost 30 years, um, and I've created 17 best-selling books and over 200 products, and I don't even know how many events. And, uh, <laughs> and so I've uh, I created a my first company was called Camp Sark, and then it it sort of got so much larger that I turned it into a planet, and it was <laughs> called Planet Sark, right? <laughs> I love um, that name, that tongue-in-cheek. That's great. Yes, yes. Next, it'll uh, be Universe Sark. A galaxy Sark, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and let's make sure people know that um, I also had a lot of challenges. You know, I think sometimes when we hear speakers and teachers and authors, you know, it can be easy to idealize them. Mm -hmm. And it can be easy to say, well, that was easy for her. Or, you know, I'm just getting started and I can't even imagine doing all that. And... So let's be sure to tell people, I mean, I had a wonderful childhood and I also had a devastating childhood in the sense that um, I was very well loved and grew up in Minnesota 
and had a wonderful life. And unfortunately, my, my older brother, who had been my best friend, was abused by the next door neighbor oh, no. and then began abusing me. Mm-hmm. And so it really changed my entire life and uh, the life of our family, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy to say that um, everyone, we, we all did our work and we all, I forgave my brother and he forgave me and he forgave the neighbor and I've written about it in my books. And, but, you know, there was a lot of fallout. I, I went through depression and, and poverty and, and all sorts of self-destructive behaviors um, as well as all of my successes. And so um, I always like to sort of start there because like I say, people, you know, we, we forget to do this and, and then we just, we just give the accolades like she, mm-hmm. she's amazing and she's written all these books. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and so my purpose is to be a, a transformer and an uplifter and a laser beam of love. And I offer that through my art and my products and my services. I love that laser beam of love. That's fantastic. We need that now more than ever. So, <laughs> Yes, we all need that. Yes, always. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's easy to look at someone who's successful and say they had an unimpeded trajectory toward all the success. And it's, it's really important to acknowledge that we all have challenges and things that have come up and um are there maybe we can explore that a bit later in the conversation but i i wonder if if you could speak a little bit about the work that you're doing now and and how is it unique in the way that you're doing it or or even in the nature of it yeah well you know also going back just for a moment i think it's it's good to say i was a kid who came home in first grade and said mom show and tell should be me every day <laughs> And she said, no, honey, the other kids need a chance. And I said, well, actually, they don't. They hate it. And they're asking me to do it. And I'm finding all these things to share. So it should, you know, I really should be doing that. And luckily, I really had a neat mom and a a really neat teacher, too, because they got together and came up with a plan for me to do show and tell to a different grade every day. Wow. And I always joke that this is where I got my speakers training, because when you're in first grade and you need to hold the attention of sixth graders, you've got to be really good. <laughs> That's true. So I had to get really good really fast. And, and I, I came into the first that first session wearing a big bush on my head. <laughs> which I fashioned, I'd fashioned like a crown. And, and I said, this is a gooseberry bush and you can eat these berries from the bush and they grow in our neighborhood. And I can still see their faces. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. So, you know, when I started offering my books to the world, well, I really started with my poster called how to be an artist. And um, this was someone who was, I live in San Francisco in a magic cottage And this person came to tea in the magic cottage and they said, well, how do you live? And I said, well, this is how I try to live. And I read this poem that I'd written in my journal called how to be an artist. And it's really my statement that we're all artists of life. And it starts out, it says, stay loose, learn to watch snails, plant impossible gardens, invite someone dangerous to tea, (laughs) make little signs that say yes and post them all over your house. And it goes on for about 40 more multicolored phrases. And um, this person that, that was having tea with me said, that should be a poster. And I said, great. And I tore it out of my journal and put it on the wall and said, there, now it's a poster. (laughs) <laughs> and um, the person said, well, no, I mean, for the world. And I said the phrase that now many, many thousands, thousands of people have uttered to me through through the years of my business. I wouldn't have any idea how to do that. 
And I said, well, and then, and then they said, well, somebody does. <laughs> and, but I still didn't get it. I just thought, well, I don't know. So that's the end of that. Well, I had this young cat whose name is Jupiter and he would get on his hind legs and, and carefully pe- peel the poster off the wall and it would land on the floor and wake me up. It would, <laughs> and he did this for three days in a row. And I finally, you know, I kept take Jupiter, stop that. And I would fix it back up on the wall. Finally, I realized, wow, Jupiter is trying to say something. Mm-hmm. So I took the poster and I took it to um, a, a catalog company that I knew. Uh, I mean, a catalog company, a store that I knew had a catalog. And they had a, um, you know, a storefront and a catalog. Brought it in there and, and they said, well, this is kind of crooked and strange. And what does invite someone to dangerous tea, invite someone to dangerous to tea even mean? And I said, well, you know, this is my expression of being an artist of life. So they said, well, we'll put it in our catalog, but don't expect much. And <laughs> so on, I'm not expecting anything. I mean, I'm just trying to get it out into the world. I don't know what's supposed to happen next. Well, they had two days later had 200 orders. Wow. And well, yeah, I didn't, but I didn't think that that was very many. I thought, well, how am I going to live on that? I mean, I'm, you know, they were, I think they were, they were handmade, they were handmade and they were, I think they were $20 comes to mind. So so there, there that was. And, but I didn't understand the catalog business because that was a portent of what was to come. Mm-hmm. Three days later, there was an order for 500. Wow. And I was making these by hand. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> so, so three days later, three days after that, there was an order for 1,000. And so you saw, I saw very quickly how this was going to go. And so I had to invent a way to hand make them, but not have to hand write them, which I did. And I ended up making 11,000 that way. Wow. Uh, but so that's when I, that, so in, this is a very long and wonderful answer to your question of how I saw my company. <laughs> because I then decided to form a company because I had written 18 other posters on 18 other subjects. Um, called how, you know, how to really love a child, how to be really alive, how to forgive your father, how to relax about money. I mean, I, I decided to cover every topic and, um, they became extremely popular. And I, very soon I was almost the whole catalog of that catalog and the company grew very quickly and I had to learn very quickly how to have a company. So, well, that's it. You started off as an artist who had a, a this great idea and a wonderful self-expression that obviously resonated with people, and it took off. Yes, yes, it took off, and and then my book started uh, taking off at this exact same time. Um, so I, I wrote the first book. The first book was called a crea- is called a Creative Companion. It was published in 1990, and it's still in print. <laughs> and um, I, you know, then went on and probably the mid nineties, I finally started assembling a team. I didn't understand, you know, now it's so funny. Everyone knows team. Everyone knows virtual assistant. Everyone knows all these things, but I didn't know any of those things. And so I hired a business mentor and it was my, it was a big expense for me at the time. And first thing he said was, well, why don't you do products? And I said, well, how would you ever do that? <laughs> and that's why you to, have business mentors. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to him, I formed the licensing division of my company and created over 200 products that went around the world. And um, that grew very quickly into a several million dollar business. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't have a good um, growth plan. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have an infrastructure that was sustainable because 
even though I worked with another, I, I hired a designer finally to help me because I was doing greeting card lines and I was doing, <laughs> I was doing mugs and blankets and everybody needed everything now. And, you know, I was drowning. I mean, I was like, um, so I really could have used more business mentoring. And that was, that was a, a choice point that I didn't get to make because my mother began dying. And I decided to care for her and turn my attentions. I, I did, didn't, I couldn't figure out how to do both. So I, I more or less disassembled that division of the company. And I um, focused on caring for my mom, who, you know, and I'm glad I did that. Um, and had, she had a wonderful death. And, um, and then I rebuilt the company. <laughs> so, so, you know, I've had many iterations of my company in, in the last 30 years. So just to prove that that first one was not just a fluke, you went back and recreated something or created something new the second time around. Well, yeah, I've done it multiple times now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I brought my business to the internet in uh, about eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And I had largely been a publishing enterprise. And I realized that the publishing industry was changing. And I didn't wish to be um, at the mercy of its changes. Right. And so I decided to bring my teachings to the internet and I didn't know how they would translate over video and over telephone and over, you know, technology. Um, but I, I had waited all my life for technology to catch up with me. <laughs> I was very excited to find that it translated beautifully and in fact became a virtual business. Um, I now have a business partner and a CEO who lives in another city. We have people around the world that uh, do some administrative work for us and, so it's it really is an international virtual company. Yeah, that's great. I, I you've obviously reached a lot of people in this work that you're doing. What what do you think is the most important way that you impact people? You said you. Oh, yeah, that's question, Ursula. Yeah, there there are, we stopped. I stopped counting books. I decided I decided it just didn't interest me to keep counting. There were. At last count, there were over 2 million Sark books in the world. And um, wow. I know it's probably more like 3 million. So, yeah, a lot of people impacted. Um, a bit, you know, I built a brand. I mean, I, I didn't understand that that's what I was doing. But really, it's a, it's, it's a lifestyle brand. And it's cross-generational. Because now, I mean, Maya Angelou was one of my mentors. And, you know, she was telling me how her work was cross-generational, and I didn't even know what that meant. And now that I'm at a later age myself, I can see, like, all of the, um, all of the children of the people who loved my work 20 years ago, now those people are coming. Wow, that's great. And, yeah, it's very exciting and very inspiring, and I'm, I'm very grateful and glad. So, but what was your original question? Because I think I, I diverged. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah. How do you think that your work impacts people, your writing and, and the, the, the other products that you have? Yeah, I think SARC is a catalyst. Um, I, I know that people use SARC to move in their own lives. So I think, I think SARC is an inspiration. Uh, it's a catalyst. It's, it's a, it's like a, a giant, pogo stick <laughs> <laughs> like a launching pad yeah those are some things that come to mind you know and it was funny i was playing around i really like acronyms and i was playing around before you called with the word impact 
And I thought, wow, you know, impact could also be intuitive movements, prepare actions creatively to fly. <laughs> I love that. You're, you're great with that. That's, that is amazing. I know. Is that good? <laughs> that is wonderful. Well, with, with the, how do you think that it, that it's the work that you do, uh, allows the larger world to fly, to have that kind of, um, influence? Yeah, I think Sark. I think Sark work gives people permission. Um, and, and let's, you know, yeah, Sark. And so the acronym Sark is actually Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. Um, so that that is my name. And then, you know, it obviously spells Sark. And that that name was given to me by the author Henry Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's that's just just to say that. But um, I think that gives people permission. I think people um, use, utilize Sark to join with their own creativity and expand it. I think it's a, it's a create, it's definitely a creativity expander. It's kind of like, um, you know, the, when we look at the word impossible, it, it obviously contains two words, I'm possible. And, and I think, you know, all the millions of people, I mean, I, I hear from them all the time, how they've taken Sark and, and said, oh, I got so inspired by your posters. I made my own line of posters. You know, oh, I got so inspired by your greeting card line. I made the most amazing greeting card line. Or I designed a game after reading your books. Or I, I became a coach. Um, I'm a teacher now because of Sark books. I mean, I, I, I'm flooded with these letters every day. Hmm. That's wonderful. Well, what great feedback to hear that you're affecting people in that way. Is- oh, it's it's a great it's it's the greatest uh, honor you know. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I started um, about over twenty years ago now, maybe twenty five years ago. I started something called the Inspiration Line, and it's simply a phone line. It's a it's a floating voicemail, and uh, I record something on there every month or so. And sometimes it's more than ever. You know, I, I I do it as the spirit moves me. But I sing, I read poetry, I talk about things, and then about ten thousand people call every month from all over the world, and. I've had the privilege of listening to what I call the collective consciousness uh, for over 25 years now. Hmm. And people tell me what, what's meaningful to them, what, what they've learned, what they're excited about, what they're, what they're challenged by. Um, you know, if my books are filled with real life stories of the real living of life. Hmm. So, and I've learned and grown all throughout. So the tools I'm sharing and teaching now about the living of life are, are very potent. Hmm. Well, in terms of your, your own consciousness, one of, one of the things that uh, I've talked with people about in these interviews is the, their values and how that influences the impact that they have. And I don't know if you experience your work in that way, that it they arise out of deeply held beliefs or things that you hold dear. Do you find that that's your experience? And, and if it is, what are the values that, that show up in your business and the way you are every day? Oh, yes. Such a good question. You know, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm wondering, will you describe, will you tell me, will you talk a little bit about your values? Are you willing? Sure. Um, just taking a sip of water there. Um, yeah, I value integrity. Um, I value honesty and I value people really speaking from the heart, really, um, and, and having businesses that are very 
much from that deep place of uh, of connection. So with themselves, and then they use that connection to go out into the larger world. So um, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Very yeah. well said. And you reminded me that the, one of the taglines of my company is a creative company, a creative community built from the heart. Mm. Um, so I would join you there in the heart, and I would also add um, another value of mine is commitment. Mm. So whatever it is, and you know, customer service, um, you know, programs and and products, it it always has a component of commitment. It really is a commitment to excellence. I mean, I I I'm so glad to say that my company. I mean, certainly we've made mistakes, and there's things that have fallen through the cracks or not been clear. But you know, in general, the the commitment is to solve things. May, you know, have people be happy and and feel um, have people feel like they've gotten a good product, uh, program, or service, and if if not, to make it right. And you know, I'm really committed to that. And also. The company, um, another value of mine is creative, um, being creative. So, you know, I've, um, I've written about this in my most recent book called Succulent Wild Love. Um, we're, we're all, we can all go beyond compromise. I mean, compromise is, is fine, but it really stops short. Um, and I teach something called joyful solutions. So we can create joyful solutions where everybody wins. And um, that's another, I would say, another value um, that adds to, you know, and, and really, I believe, Ursula, that every company, every business is an outgrowth of a person or people and and really is a spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, my, my business has been my biggest spiritual teacher and continues to be so. Um and, and, and probably also that would be a value. I mean, I, I run my business as a spiritual entity. Well, I completely agree with you. I think it's an amazing forum for um, your own growth and um, for your, your connection with others. So it's, it's an extraordinary experience to, to have your own business. And, and you've obviously experienced that in your multiple incarnations of that is is there a way that um, you have learned to use your energy and your time most effectively in your business? Oh, good, oh, good heavens, yes. Um, you know, <laughs> in my earlier business, when I mentioned about the hundreds of products and I was drowning, um, I did not know how to use my energy correctly. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, many, many entrepreneurs and business owners are high high achievers or what could be called overachievers and I had the belief that I could do everything you know I'll just do it I'll do it I'll write a sales page I'll write 50,000 emails I'll I'll design the package I'll you know I'll call the vendor I'll do (laughs) (laughs) you know that that's very misguided and also common I mean you know, especially if you don't have funds, when if your company doesn't have revenue to hire someone, mm-hmm. you know, there there is there are pinch points where something has to get done. And, and if you're the only one to do it, you know, what's going to happen uh, is that you're going to do it. But but I, I understand now that the building of a business has phases and, you know, it's meant to be a short term solution like it's not meant to be an ongoing trend that you do everything. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, 
you know, I was, uh, yeah, I was just missed. I didn't understand. I didn't have enough information. I, again, there's nothing wrong. I'm just, I'm just commenting on the, the whole subject of using one's energy. Um, I mean, I teach now, uh, a lot about that because what I call exquisite self care, um, I teach, it's something that I refer to as the three eyes and it's, it's what I call an inner feelings care system an inner critic care system and inner wise self fully activated. If a business owner or any person has those three things uh, foundationally in place, uh, it's, it's just an incredible accelerator to having a successful life in business and, and business. So I, I, uh, I teach that I practice that I live that. Um, and consequently I, for the most part now am in the right role in my business, which is as a creator and a writer and a teacher. Yeah. It seems that uh, all entrepreneurs have a place where they can contribute most to their business. And you're right. It's that interim time of when you're, you really have to do all these things and it's important to not allow that to drag on for too long so that you can focus on the great work that you can do. So, um, can you talk a little bit about the exquisite self-care and, and how each of those play out for you, inner feeling? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I can briefly describe um, an inner feelings care system. Um, you know, we all have feelings and most people don't know how to manage them skillfully with love. And so a lot of us, you know, I, I, I was raised, you could have one feeling at a time and you had to go to your room to have it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, so I really began studying feelings and, and what are feelings? And, you know, really emotions are meant to be in motion. And they certainly are when we're young. You know, you see children all the time having their feelings in motion. Um, when we get older, we tend to try to avoid them. We repress them. We deny them. And it's very common to anesthetize them, try to anesthetize feelings with alcohol or sedate them with food. Um, basically anything to get away from them. And so I teach a longer process, but the short process I can share right now is that to just be aware of your feelings and to, as soon as you become aware of a so-called negative feeling, if you name that feeling, like let's say it's anger, um, you can say, you can really just say out loud or under your breath if, if you're with other people, um, anger, I see you, I hear you, I acknowledge you. Um, because the anger feeling only can be angry. Like that's its job. It's a feeling and it, it doesn't have a head. So it, it can't think. And so it's there and it's trying to get your attention. And if you don't give it attention of some kind, it will get louder and larger. And louder and larger looks like road rage and it looks like waking up angry at three in the morning and a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say, I hear you, I see you, I hear you, I acknowledge you, it allows anger to soften and change shape. And it will, it will get smaller and quieter. Um, and then there's a process that you can do to, to move that along later. But, you know, it's, it's basically a consistent way of, um, you know, expressing and handling feelings on a daily basis. And that is so important. We often don't even acknowledge that we're having them. We just want to blow past them or, or cover them up in some way. Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my family growing up, we were such experts at putting things under the rug. There was eventually we couldn't walk on the rug <laughs> because there were so many lumps, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then 
the inner critics. I mean, this is the inner critics are part of everyone. There's nothing wrong with them. We all have them. Um, it's from early conditioning and it's grown out of proportion to who you are now. So some people are so merged with inner critics, they don't even know that these are not, these, these aspects are not them. So, you know, you, you hear people say, oh, I'm just a perfectionist. That's what I've always been. Oh, I'm just a procrastinator. That's who I am. No, that's actually an inner critic. And so when you learn how to care for and shift the energies of these inner critics, they will no longer be running the show. Um, and most people have inner critics running the show. So if you hear yourself using a lot of words like should or never or always, those are always hallmarks of the inner critic. Um, and so I teach a, a wonderful process where you, where you counter their statements and you learn how to not have their, their dialogue running in your head about all the things you're doing wrong. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the critics have no choice, but to try to, they're, they're trying to protect you. So they get very loud, especially if you're doing something new and they'll, they'll be very busy saying you're too old, you're too fat. You don't have enough money. Uh, remember when you tried this before it failed really bad. Don't even try, you know, these are the kinds of things they say. And, you know, when you learn how to care for them, you, you can, really change the impact that these that these inner critics have and you know it becomes you know I, I teach a whole way where you can stop them you can reassign them new jobs which is really fun and um, <laughs> basically have a way to manage and handle uh, critical inner dialogue I know I did an exercise years ago where I created this little creature that sat on my shoulder and would scream in my ear. And then after, over time, it, it ended up sitting in a lawn chair, wearing sunglasses, drinking an umbrella drink. So <laughs> gave it something else to do. <laughs> you totally did. Yes. I love that. Um, yeah. And, and in the third one, the inner, the third eye is the inner wise self. And this is, this is the part of us that is larger than us. Um, you know, some people call it, uh, you know, higher, you know, all kinds of names like pure positive energy, um, you know, whatever the name is, I call it inner wise self. Um, but there's all kinds of names, Holy Spirit. I mean, people have this awareness and knowledge that they have this part. Um, yeah, higher power, um, pure, yeah, intuition is another name. Um, people are aware that they have this part. And I've been teaching this now for over a decade in a very focused way to groups around the world, really. And when I ask people, do you know if you have this part, 90% of them will raise their hand. I mean, it's wonderful. Um, and then when I say, yeah, when I say, are you using this part every single day on every topic of your life? Are you consulting with your inner wise self? And maybe one person will raise their hand. Mm. And it's because in, you know, from my under, you know, from all the work I've done with this, people don't know how to activate this part and trust the communications and learn how to communicate effectively with this part of their own selves, which is your greatest mentor. Mm -hmm. And it, it's full of information. It's completely unconditionally loving, um, but it waits to be asked. And this is the part where people don't, they don't ask. You know, either, either, and people tell me I'm afraid there won't be anything. Um, sometimes people, I teach something uh, called an inner wise self love note, and it's an activation process where you just write a love note from that part to yourself. 
and people do it, you know, I've never, I think I would say 98% of people are able to get an incredible inner wise self love note within three minutes, the first time they ever do it. Wow. Yeah. And, and almost immediately they will say, well, that, that was so amazing. That's probably all that's in there. You know, like, like in other words, that was, that was so, it. <laughs> yeah, that was so mind blowing. And, and I'm so glad I experienced that. But, but I know there's, that was, that was it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's actually just the beginning mm. and it's endless and it's infinite and it only gets better and deeper and richer. I mean, my inner wise self writes me poetry and songs and, and answers me and advises me at all times, you know, and, and all my books and my business is all run by my inner wise self. Mm. So, you know, that, that is a, a, a powerful force. And if your inner wise self is ever saying anything critical to you, it's not your inner wise self. It's an inner critic. Well, that was so powerful what you said that you asked people, are you using this inner wise self? Do you call on it every day? That just really struck me because we tend to do that when there's some crisis or you're at your wits end about something and not to just rely on it on an ongoing basis. Well, yeah. And also for all kinds of simple things, like, is it time to have a snack or take a nap? You know, should I call this person back? You know, which kind of toilet paper is better? (laughs) (laughs) All those big decisions that influence everyday life. (laughs) Yeah, actually, if you have, um, if we have time, I would love to read one of my uh, inner wise self love notes so people can be inspired. Sure, please do. Okay, so my inner wise self speaks in terms of endearment, you know, like, so everyone's is different. It's customized to you. So it will speak as in some, some inner wise selves speak sort of cryptically or simply. I always remember this young man that came to one of my workshops and I was doing inner wise self love note, uh, love notes. And he said, well, I want to write mine on my phone. And I said, well, that's fine. And so he stood, and then I called for people to read their notes and he stood up to read his and he's wearing a leather jacket. He's probably about 18 years old and he's holding his phone and he just looks at it and looks out at the audience and then says, this is my inner wise self love note. Hey, dude, I effing love you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was obviously, you know, very simple, but it was so powerful. And he had tears in his eyes and everyone had tears in their eyes because you felt that he had never felt love for himself. Wow. You felt that. And so, oh my goodness, it's been such an honor. I've heard every, every inner West self love note is a, is a love note for us all. And when, when, I have, when, I, when I have people read them, everyone just gets blown away at how moved they get. Um, and I have thousands of these. I do these almost every day. And the great thing is you don't have to keep doing it. Um, you can use this process to connect. And then once you've connected, you can ask your inner wise self to just speak to you. You can just ask into the air, you know, so you can be driving the car and say, what's a good thing for me to do right now? You know, or should I turn the car around and stay another day or whatever, whatever the question is. Well, so anyway, here's this inner wise self love note and you can, everyone can listen to it and think of themselves. My darling, sweetiest Susan. I see you in your stops and your starts, your fears and your resistances. I see you in your glorious unfoldings and creative inventions. I see you think you're not enough and then see you leap to the next spot laughing. 
I see you write yourself in and out of memory and dream, smoke and shadow. I see your new writings taking flight. I see you refusing to quit for long. I see you willing to sob on the floor. I see you showing up to the page over and over and over again, even when it's boring, messy, and not your favorite. I see you celebrating, creating, making your desires real, and sharing your life's purpose. I see you allowing the splendid imperfections and glaring omissions and inescapable truths and uncertainties. I see you, I know you, I love you unconditionally, completely and forever. Call on me constantly. I'm right here, right now, right always. I adore you. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's very beautiful. So profound. Yeah, they're all like that. Yeah. Well, it touches something so deep within me when I hear you say that, when I hear you read that. Yes, and everyone. I mean, everyone has that. We And it touches you because you have that. You know, it's in there in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a way that you, do you call on that voice in a different way when you're facing a particular obstacle? I know, I know at the beginning we touched on that of, you know, it sound, it always, there's always this beautiful story of, yes, I had a successful business and my, you know, the, the funny story about Jupiter and the poster and I realized that's what I needed to do and all was well. It's none of our stories go like that. There are always, obstacles and problems so how do you what's your relationship with that inner voice when when things are are particularly challenging that's a great question ursula and i'm so glad you raised it because here's the thing even after all these years and all of this great way that i've connected with my inner wise self i'm most often really crabby going okay inner wise self what are you going to do about this (laughs) you know how can I possibly fix this? And so I'm often coming to my inner wise self very crabby and very resistant and not at all um, ethereal. Like, oh, inner wise self, what do you have for me now? <laughs> so you have a good thing. You know, I'm like, every time I'm like this, I know, you know, there's a, there isn't any way that you can help me now. You know? <laughs> so, so I just want people to know that it still works. I mean, you, you can come like the crabbiest person in the planet and the inner wise self doesn't care you know it's not there going don't talk to me like that (laughs) (laughs) um you know because some you know when we're in one of those states we're not um you know we're not at our best and we're we're scared or we're you know we're scared and or we don't know or we have resistance like okay i know i need to make these calls but i don't want to you know, or whatever it is, whatever the topic is. Um, and, and that's when it's so wonderful because the inner wise self, I mean, I have been in every kind of situation and called for my inner wise self. I'll, I'll give you an example. I was, I had given up, I decided to give up emotional eating. And this was a really big thing to decide because I, I was trying to do a lot of sedating of my emotions with food. And particularly sugar and salty things, and you know, just I would have these these little these little so-called snacks that were actually sedation devices. <laughs> so, I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah, most of us are. Well, I decided to ask my inner wise self for help every time I decided to start doing that, instead of you know unconsciously going for the chips or the cookies or whatever it was. I would say, inner wise self, how can I do this differently? 
So I was in one of these states in a grocery store and I was marching around looking for chips and, you know, it's not the substance that's the problem. It's, it's the feelings, you know, I'm going to eat these chips and I'm going to crunch so loud in my head that I'm not going to hear the inner critics. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it never, it it never, it might, it might seem to work in, in, you know, intermittent, you know, it might seem to work briefly, but ultimately it never works. Um, so I'm in one of these states marching around in the grocery store searching for these chips. And I said, okay, inner wise self, I remembered suddenly, oh no, I made this commitment to ask my inner wise self. <laughs> so I said, inner wise self, what are you going to, what can I do? And my inner wise self, and I remember this, and what I'm going to share now is an advanced, an advanced technique. So I'm not, I'm not recommending that anyone who has never, you know, this is going to be unusual. So I just want everyone to know, oh, good heavens, if I start asking my inner wise self, it's going to do what it did to Sark. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just want people to know your inner wise self will customize it to your abilities and your particular sensitivities. So anyway, and and remember, I've had a long term relationship. So my inner wise self said, go ask those people over there for help. Hmm. And I turned and looked and there was a couple over by the fruits and vegetables and they did not look nice. (laughs) They did not look welcoming or nice. And I thought, oh, no, but I've learned to just really experiment and practice with what my inner wise self suggests. So I went over there and I had no idea what I was going to say. I went up and, and I'm an introvert. So I want people to know I am not I know I'm seem to be you know, eccentric and flamboyant, but I'm actually an introvert. So I went over and I said, just said, excuse me. And the man turned and really looked kind of, you know, annoyed. <laughs> and I, and I, and he looked at me and I said, um, and then this just came out of my mouth. I said, could you remind me that I really just want love and not chips? <laughs> <laughs> and there was this terrible silence. <laughs> There was a terrible silence. And I, I stood there and his face became a flower. Mm. Like his face literally bloomed into a flower. And wow. he had giant Australian accent. And he said, oh, darling, you just want some love. <laughs> love. And he, he literally picked me up off the floor. And I'm not a small person. And he was hugging me. And his wife came and hugged me from behind. And I was off the floor in a hugging sandwich between these two people. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I was shrieking with laughter. And I, of course, forgot about the chips. And, uh-huh. I, and I was reminded of the love. And we had the most wonderful exchange. And, you know, again, it's an advanced story. But but the point is, you know, your inner wise self will give you things to do. And now, but they might not always sound like the most appealing things. (laughs) (laughs) Go call your mother now. Well, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't like the answer that the inner wise self gives you, ask again. And ask for a different way, ask, like, I could have said, it's too scary to go ask those people, give me something else, you know, and so it's all about the asking. Well, what a beautiful gift to receive in response to, especially since he he didn't look very welcoming. Oh, I know. I know. Isn't it funny? I mean, and this is what we all do. We make these decisions about people, you know, oh, he looks, he looks unfriendly. Oh, he, you know, and we don't even give people a chance. Yeah. Well, and it just it just reached into him and this thing we share of, of wanting to be 
wanting to be loved, wanting to receive that and, and whatever, you know, it's many glorious forms. So that was, that was a truly a, a magical moment. Yes. Yeah. Hearing you describe it, that is amazing. Well, Sark, what, what kind of insight or advice would you share with someone who is wanting to have more impact, to, to make a positive contribution, be a positive influence in the world? What, what would you, what would you say to them as something for them to consider in, in doing that? Well, I would say to them, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, you've just heard me talk about these three eyes. I mean, I would, I would say, make sure you have some kind of inner feelings care system or awareness, make sure you understand your inner critics, and make sure you have a connection to your inner wise self, and then go full speed ahead. Hmm. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, it's so exciting. I mean, I'm always mentoring people in business and, and in life. And, I love watching people be excited to share their gifts. We need everyone now sharing their gifts. Mm -hmm. and, and people get so scared and they get so caught up in the how that they forget the why. So get, you know, occupy your why. Get, get very big in your why. I want to share my gifts with the world because I know that I can fill people's hearts and souls. Mm you know, or whatever your statement is, you heard me say, you know, my purpose is to be a, a transformer, uplifter and laser beam of love. But don't get caught up in the right purpose or the right mission statement or the right, you know, get get into alignment with yourself. And your business can can grow from that. Mm. I mean, you know, this is this is what I've seen most of all. And then also be, be make sure you're creatively alive. Um, people get very, um, you know, habituated to following formulas and launch strategies and <laughs> six-year income right. processes. And, yeah. you know, they forget. I mean, I have an extremely creative business, as you've heard, and, and by all intents and purposes should never have succeeded. You know, I mean, I, I, built, I built a message board before Facebook, and I had 4,000 people on it. And it was called the Marvelous Message Board. And people are friends from that board to this day. Wow. And it's over 20 years ago. Hmm. You know, you can have a huge impact being one person. This is the other thing I would say. Don't get caught up in measuring and stopping yourself before you even start because you get scared. You know, you don't have to know how to do things. You need to know why you're doing them. Um, there's plenty of people that can tell you the hows and, you know, Ursula, I want to make sure that we give people this, this wonderful, I made a wonderful guide, um, of seven steps to creating, um, your succulent wild business. Hmm. And I want to give that to everyone who's listening to your podcast. Oh, thank you for that gift. I, uh, I know that <clears throat> the things you've shared today, they're so powerful. I mean, you really are an artist of life, as you said, and the way that you really dig deep and, and meet people at the core of themselves. It's, uh, it's really powerful to hear. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. I really appreciate the work that you do and your presence here on the podcast. Oh, Ursula. Yeah, it's been an absolute joy. I love finding out about you and your work and your company and was so excited to do the interview with you. And I love what you're doing in the world. Well, thank you so much. 
Well, if people want to get in touch with you, um, other than the the, uh, the gift that you well, offered. Yeah, they, they go to get the gift. They just go to succulentwildbusiness.com. Okay. So that's all together succulent, S-U-C-C-U-L-E-N-T, wildbusiness.com. And it's seven steps to creating your own succulent wild business. It's very Sarkian. It's got Sark art and stories, and it's, it's a fabulous piece. Um, and then my, my company, my website is uh, planetsark.com and they can find me there and they can sign up for things there and, you know, just my inspiration line is on there. Um, they can call me and, um, I'm always doing exciting, wonderful things. I, I have, you know, <laughs> we just, did, we just did something called the overt love operation because I've recently opened my heart to love again and um begun having the most wonderful dating experiences and uh oh, that's great we, you know we're off we're always offering um wonderful things and uh i i just love creating in this world and 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 offering those gifts to the world wonderful well thank you so much for opening your your uh opening those things making them available to us and uh i i thank you again for joining me oh thank you so much ursula Join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.